The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode five of our WandaVision coverage. Is it episode five? No, sorry, it's, no. it is episode four of our coverage. It is episode five of WandaVision. Yep, they threw everything off by releasing those first two together. Or more specifically, we threw ourselves off by recording two podcasts for, or one podcast for two episodes. There's a lot of numbers. There it's, are. It's easy to get confused. So this week's episode is titled entitled on a very special episode i love these titles (laughs) yeah they're they're doing a real good job with just hitting all of these television tropes it's a lot of fun so so what did you think of this episode because this i i will say that i am not i was not 100 percent correct that things have not entirely come off the rails but but we're teetering on like one and three quarter wheels here we are we are real close to just derailing this episode man okay Ah, there was so much in here when we watched it the first time i wrote down like three things and when i watched it the second time i wrote down like 20 things there was a there's a lot to unpack in this episode yes but the the first the very first thing that hit me and that uh it was the very first thing that i i wrote down while we were watching it um so my sister she will send me like random text messages throughout the week about wandavision just all of a sudden out of nowhere it's okay i have a new theory um so i think it was thursday she texted me and she was like i'm wondering why there are no kids in Westview and is that of some significance or something and I was like well I've I've had that thought too and clearly we if you go back to the first episode we said there's something about that whole for the children chant and and whatnot but um but I was like you know I've thought about it and there may be something to it but I also think you know they were just I know that they've been filming some of this during the pandemic and just not having kids around is probably easier that way. I was like, I I don't think there's anything to it. And then literally like two minutes into the episode, um, Catherine Hahn's character, Agnes, says, kids, you can't control them. And I was like, ah, I was like, I knew by the end of this episode, this the fact that there are no other children was going to come up. And in in that second, I said, okay, well, there goes that theory too. So kind of starting us off here, the episode begins with, well, first of all, this is our 80s episode. Uh, and most closely associated with it, obviously there's going to be 80s parallels across the board, but this is probably most closely associated with family ties, especially the opening. Yeah, with the um, with the painting of the 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 black and white uh, drawing that you then paints itself. Yeah, um, and there's a couple there's a couple things I'll get I'll get to here in a in a minute uh, regarding that. Um, but the episode starts off with Wanda and Vision taking care of twin babies Billy and Tommy. Like babies do, they haven't slept for quite a while. We can verify babies yeah. do this. <laughs> yep. Yep, and uh, they're they're kind of at wit's end when Agnes shows up to help take care of the kids, and Agnes shows up almost on cue when Wanda says they need help. Now, obviously, you know that's a sitcom trope, and you know when Agnes shows up, she claims, "Oh, I can hear them," which is not an unreasonable thing to happen. You know, two screaming babies. You know, sound travels on that one. Um, but then when Agnes steps in to help, Vision starts being kind of a, a little bit of a paranoid father, a little paranoid parent. And then he says, you know what? We'll take care of it. And then Agnes stops and kind of looks at Wanda and says, should I do it? Should I do it again? Should I do another take? And then should I take it from the top? She, she says, you want me to hold the babies, right? Yeah. So we, we start getting this, this impression that, that Agnes effectively knows she is a character and is acting. Um, it's very weird. And then... And which Vision notices. 
Vision, yeah, Vision does kind of notice. He pulls her over. He pulls Wanda over. They talk for a minute while Agnes is taking care of the kids. And then suddenly it gets quiet. And they're like, oh my God, the kids are asleep. And they go and look. And the cribs are empty. And then they turn around and there's Tommy and Billy as five-year-olds. Creepy. Creepy, but also very adorable. Yes. And and I will say, as as a parent of two very young boys, watching them age up, because we'll get to it, but you know, they age up again in this episode, watching them grow up so fast. Um, I was sitting there like, oh, my babies. Yeah. They don't grow up that fast, though. <laughs> uh, not quite. Um, I will I will say, though, I do think this is kind of what Agnes is referring to is not so much other children. But as we see through this episode, Wanda really doesn't have control over her kids. No, but I I suspect that Agnes is talking about other kids. Like that's the reason there that's the reason there are no children in Westview is because Wanda can't control them. Yeah, I, I will say though, up until this point, the sitcom world they've existed in would have been just fine without children. Yes. And I think that's why it's and and that's exactly why like the conversation I had with my sister I was able to just like brush it off like, oh, no, I mean, there really wasn't hasn't been a need for children to be in the background as extras or anything like that because it didn't really fit fit the world. But there there clearly is some significance to the fact that there are no no other children. Yeah, we'll see what it is. I don't know that it's it's as significant as you think, other than it is just a something else that is not right about this world. We shall see. Um, now, from here, we, we we do get to bounce back and forth between the sitcom and reality. We get caught up a little bit with uh, Monica Rambeau after she gets tossed out of um, gets tossed out of the anomaly, which uh, they're now starting to refer to as the Hex, which is fantastic. Yes, um, again for those who are not in the know. Uh, Wanda's powers in the comics are typically referred to as hex powers. Um, hex is in like, you know, a bad luck spell or, you know, something having to do with witchcraft, i.e. Scarlet Witch. Um, so that's kind of their way of tying that back in. And that's a lot of fun. Monica, uh, James Wu, and um, Darcy all attend a, a briefing of the situation. And they kind of, you know, spell out that obviously Wanda is no is not a victim obviously Wanda is is now is the threat um and I, I don't know that that was an interesting scene one the 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 sword director is yes. is kind of i mean they they kind of you know skirt around it but they keep trying to call him a dick um cuz he's being one he's extremely dismissive of James Wu um like and, and i mean even even in subtle ways refers to him as Jimmy not agent Wu right he's a federal agent you know typically you would say you know agent so and so Right. No, he always calls him, he keeps calling him Jimmy, um, is, is repeatedly undercutting what, what he has to say. And he is, he definitely thinks that Wanda is, is a very significant threat, which in his defense, that's pretty justifiable. <laughs> she does have an entire town of thousands of people, uh, under her control. No, yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know that it that I disagree with his sentiment from that point. Where I think I would disagree, though, is his unwillingness to hear a dissenting opinion. Yes. Although, you know, this is kind of us uh, being an omniscient uh, or semi-omniscient uh, observers, especially if you know the comics and you know she's mentally unstable and, you know, you have some sympathy for what she's gone through, but from a strictly uh, based on what he knows, and and you see her, um, you see footage of her as a teenager being radicalized by Hydra and protesting, and then, um, as he said, nine days earlier she had broken into a sword facility to uh, exhume uh, Vision's I mean, body. Not- I mean, I wouldn't even call it exhume. I mean, you look at the picture, Vision is in many, many pieces. Yes. Which is interesting because that's not what he looked like 
when he died. Right. So they are dissecting him. Um, you know, he they basically say, you know, that uh, it's again that her doing this is against the Sokovia Accords and that it's against Vision's living will, which is the first we ever heard of this, and that he doesn't want to be a living weapon. But it looks like that's really kind of what Sword's trying to do is they're taking him apart, trying to figure out how he worked. Yes. So yeah, I don't think that director Hayward or Sword are uh completely innocent or don't have ulterior motives or or anything like that i mean i wouldn't be surprised to find out that you know they were they were up to something nefarious and that's why she went and got vision right um but at the same time i also do think that it is it is justifiable for somebody living in that in that world to think okay well clearly this woman is a major threat and you know, and, and she's torturing these people and we need to take her out. Like, I, I can't understand that perspective from a character. Sure. <sighs> um, now, it is, it is interesting you mentioned the, the radicalized by Hydra um, in that just thinking of like family ties. One of the, the, the underlying themes of that show is, you know, the parents were former kind of student radicals mm. um, and then they're trying to settle into suburbia and, um, you know, the, their son um i'm uh played by michael j fox you know is a young reaganite republican <laughs> um so it's, it's that kind of contradicting view so so there is some of that cultural clash where these where wanda who is this kind of radicalized person or who has that in her past is now trying to settle down into this suburban setting yes um so while we are out in the real world um monica makes a discovery along with uh with Agent Wu and Dr. Lewis, Darcy, um, that the she she goes to her costume from that that she was wearing when she was shot out of the anomaly, out of the hex, um, this fantastic 70s outfit, and she shoots at it um and discovers that it is made out of Kevlar because she was wearing a bulletproof vest when she walked into it. So they discover that. Wanda is not making people hallucinate, which is what we've seen her powers do in the past, that she is actually altering reality and rewriting reality. And again, that is closer to the progression of Wanda's powers in the comics. You know, we've compared this to House of M a couple of times. And I mean, that that really is, you know, Wanda's powers at their absolute peak. And she rewrites the entirety of reality. Yeah. So then, so then they decide that um, if they send something in that matches the altered reality, then it should stay the same. So they send in a drone. Well, hold on. Before oh. we get into that, we are skipping kind of an important part. Mm-hmm. In that back in the sitcom world, um, the, the two five-year-old boys have found and brought home a puppy. And um, they want to keep it. And of course... You know, the parents are kind of hesitant. So they're like, well, you know, you guys have to be at least, oh, I don't know, 10 and to, to, to have this puppy. And on cue, the boys age themselves up, it appears, yep. to 10-year-olds. And so they keep the puppy. They name Sparky. Yep. Because somehow he makes an outlet spark, which I'm I'm curious what, what that was about. But I think it was just, you know, outlets back then weren't as... Uh... As safe as they are now, and if the dog like licked it or something, it it started um, sparking. And yeah. again, Agnes shows up with a uh, very timely piece of um, a timely item in a doghouse that she claims she saw them through her kitchen window. Uh, again, Vision is even more suspicious than he was last time. And then when they decide to keep the dog, Wanda makes a collar appear for him right in front of Agnes. Vision gets very concerned. And, and Wanda has no concern. Yeah, he is. He, and, and we talked about this in the previous episode, that he is more concerned about keeping their secret. And she's starting to get less and less concerned about that. And, and that really becomes apparent. He's walking around their house in his human form rather than his synthesoid form, even when nobody's around, because he's like, well, I'm just expecting somebody's going to come and I'm trying to keep our secret. And then he gets rather upset with her for um for being so casual about her powers when other people are around yeah um 
I do really like it in the in the first scene though when Agnes walks in to help take care of the boys. Um, <laughs> like just, just grabs the first thing he can, which is a, a couch pillow. He's like, "Oh, Agnes, I've just been fluffing this pillow with my face." <laughs> it's it, it, Paul Bentley does a, a fantastic job of delivering that very flustered English. I mean, he obviously he is English, but just. That very flustered uh, line delivery, which is fantastic. Yes. We also see that even though, and, and we had glimpses of this before, but we see for sure that Wanda is not controlling Vision. To some degree she is. Um, but, I mean, he clearly, he he can see that things are going wrong. and Wanda is not controlling Vision, but she is manipulating the, the world around him. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, she is manipulating the inputs that he gets. Yes. Um, but what what is interesting, and again, I'm I'm jumping, but um, and we'll we'll get to his uh, interaction with his colleague Norm uh, in a little bit. But when he was he's in his office, which she also sent him to work. Apparently, uh, it was Saturday, as the boys tell her, and she's like, no, 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 it's Monday. And basically, she just needed Vision to get away because he was catching on to things. Yeah, I kind of see that as as her, to an extent, losing her grip, right? She She's forgetting what, what she's established. Right. Um, but when Vision goes to work, they're setting up computers and internet and uh, things that are very, very... Very new in the eighties. Oh yes. <laughs> oh that 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 dial tone, the the dial up modem though. Oh memories. Yeah. Not necessarily good ones, <laughs> but memories. Um but Norm mentions like, um what can what else can this thing do? Can it find me a wife? And Vision says, Well, someday, yeah, I can. And Norm mentions something about electronic mail, and Vision goes, It's called email. So Vision knows like about the future or the present um but he later we find out that he has no recollection of the past um he doesn't remember anything before westview but he he has you know some awareness of like match.com or knee harmony and i I bring this up because i watched it I bring this up because I watched the movie this week. It reminds me a little bit of like the born identity. Like he remember, he knows all these things. He knows how to do all this stuff, but he doesn't remember who he is in a lot of ways. Yeah. And he's also like, he, he knows what email is. He knows what online matchmaking services are, but he also doesn't question the fact that he's lived through a non internet age already. And that. well, he doesn't openly question that although and we'll get to it it does kind of come back to that towards the end of the episode yeah um so getting back to where where, yes. I, where I had <laughs> I had uh I had I had cut you off a little bit there um <clears throat> this, this episode I feel like we're just gonna be bouncing around a bit well in, in fairness the episode itself bounces around a little bit yeah. so um as the boys are showing off tricks with the dog to Wanda. They get to talking a little bit and then they hear something outside and they go outside and there is a drone from the 80s being piloted in by uh, Sword, specifically by, by Monica Rambeau. And basically this is what she had come up with is that they have brought in something that is that is appropriate for the period so that it wouldn't be changed so that they could still maintain their control. Now, when Monica's attempts to communicate don't go well, uh, the director steps in and attempts to fire something, some kind of missile or something, at at Wanda. Uh, they lose contact with the drone, and then suddenly there's a, a perimeter breach, and Wanda comes out fuming mad to confront uh, the assembled government agents. In, in her modern day outfit. Right, in, in her normal Scarlet Witch costume. And she comes out, holding the drone and chucks it at the director. So again, with the, the, the Googling and the, the doctor internet here, I don't know if you, did you do any looking into any of this? Uh, I, I have some insight into the accent, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't look up uh, anything about that. If you look carefully, guess who made the drone? Stark. Stark Industries. Of course they did. They make everything. And how old are her children right now? Oh. So 
<laughs> part of the reason she goes full on kind of mama bear, so to speak, is that she's attacked her she and her children are attacked by a Stark Industries drone similar to the bomb that left she and Pietro orphaned at exactly the same age at 10 years old. And a, again, a bomb made by Stark Industries that they had to stand there staring at the logo as she put it waiting two days for Tony Stark to kill them. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. I hadn't I, I hadn't realized that. I had kind of one. I had kind of wondered, like, if there was anything on the drone. I couldn't see it well enough, but again, thanks to Doctor Internet, um, you're able to see. It does say Stark Industries. Very interesting. The the thing that I noticed, uh, and and I noticed it when um when Monica was shot out of the hex too, is that it appears that day and night are swapped in, or or time may just be. Who who knows what, how I, time is functioning inside? I don't know that day and night are strictly swapped. I think I think it's more like you just said that that the t- that time functions independently between the two. Yeah, um, because it's, it's you know midday inside in in the TV world, and then they come out and it's it's nighttime. Um, so the other the other thing that happens is obviously she threatens threatens them to leave her alone they kind of call her out on it like you know you're being a threat um she turns all of the agents on the director so when she walks out you know she's covered in little green laser dots because you know laser sights and then she uses her powers to mind control everyone and they all snap to the director and she basically warns them to stay out and then she goes back in now what i i've one of the things i found that was really interesting is that when she goes back in you know before the the anomaly is very much concealed to a large extent you know you can kind of see the 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 shimmer to it when you get close yeah yeah um but at that point the entire thing starts going red and basically i think she's she's giving them the okay I'm done playing nice. I'm done blending in. Everything in here is mine and you will stay out. Okay, so this has nothing to do with anything, but I have not told you this yet. Um, So this morning I was watching it for the second time with our boys while you were sleeping because it's your birthday weekend. So you deserve to sleep a little bit. Um, And our one-year-old was sitting on my lap and... Uh, when she walked back in and the whole thing turned red, uh, he said, people die. <laughs> wow. And I was, I said, what did you say? He, he points to it. He goes, people die there. <laughs> Our one-year-old. Damn. We're great parents. <laughs> I mean, he's almost two, but that doesn't actually make it any better. No. <laughs> um, so anyways, yep. So before we talk about the accent, one other little thing that I just was amused as crap out of. Um, <laughs> the joystick that Monica's using to fly the drone. Uh-huh. I have that exact joystick sitting in our garage <laughs> right now. We it, need to clean out our garage. <laughs> we, we do. It's actually not an 80s. It's not an 80s. I, I mean, I bought it like, I mean, it's like 10 years old, but I bought it like just after college, like for video games. Like it's a USB. Um, Like I think it's like a Logic, like a Logitech. Yeah. Like I put a saw that and I was like, I... I have that. <laughs> I know where they got that prop. I mean, to be perfectly honest, they probably got it out of a dollar bin at this point. But yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good like $60 joystick when I bought it. <sighs> uh, okay. All right. You the, want me to? The elephant in the, in the room. Yes, the accent. Okay. So <laughs> the accent. So when she comes out of the hex, she, uh, she has... I, I say this very generously. She has her Sokovian accent back. Um, and I had seen an interview with Elizabeth Olsen where somebody asked, um, you know, whatever happened to your accent? And and she says, well, you know, she's in a uh, Wanda is in this American sitcom world. So, of course, she doesn't have a Sokovian accent. But who says that she doesn't still have it in the real world? Wink, wink. And anyone who's seen any movie after Age of Ultron, that's who says (laughs) exactly. So, yeah, she came out and the accent was the thing is, you can't accent just certain words. It needs to be certain phonemes that need to be consistently accented. Um, And I Elizabeth Olsen is a fantastic actor actress she has done so amazing with this character and with this role and 
the versatility and the range is just incredible. And the fact that I cannot, I genuinely cannot tell if like in the 50s and 60s episodes, if she knows that she's doing this or not. Like the fact that there's some ambiguity there is, is truly a testament to, to her ability to act this character. Like she's, she's doing fantastically, but the accent is, it's just not good. No, it's awful. (laughs) It's funny, um, before we recorded this, an hour, a couple hours before, I came across um, a comic book resource article that called it um, an unmistakable accent. Like, that's that's not the right word. <laughs> Un- unmistakable implies a, a certain distinctiveness to it. For, for good or bad, I mean, there is no distinctiveness. Like, this accent is all over the place, and it always has been. It is just the and, worst part about this character. And I think that... It's important to like give her credit for and I don't know if this was her choice or if if this was the producer's choice whatever but that you know they they made the conscious effort that yeah she's not going to have the accent while she's in the TV world but she is going to have it uh, like that's an excellent creative choice and it, it would have been yeah it would have been if it was consistent with the portrayal of the character previously yes now, agreed <laughs> now i actually i mean while i think the accent in age of ultron is terrible i think the fact that she loses it you know i mean in in the first film or in age of ultron she is sokovian in sokovia okay she has an accent i get it that's fine and then as she spends more time around the avengers it starts to go away because as you spend more time in a you know, fluently speaking a language in the culture, you tend natural accents tend to lessen. Yeah, and, and change and shift. And I think that's what she's trying to go for. I think it's what she was trying to go for in previous movies, and what she's trying to go for now is just that the Sokovian accent is less severe. And again, I think if you can pull it off, that's a fantastic acting choice. But you need to be able to pull it off. Also, to be fair, you know, this Sokovian accent is really just generic Eastern European, which is kind of part of the problem is there's no, there's nothing consistent to base it off of. So she has to make that that determination in her head. And that's a hard determination to make. Yeah. You know, if you, uh, it's, oh, it's, you know, Sokovian, let's say Russian or Ukrainian or Romanian. You know, there are all kinds of unique dialects she could pick from, but it's, we get this kind of hodgepodge generic Eastern European that doesn't really work. Yeah. So we love you, Elizabeth Olsen, but not the accent so much. So after she re-enters the, the, the sitcom, uh, Wanda... And the boys go and they start looking for Sparky because when they went out, when they heard the noise, Sparky ran off. So they're out looking for him, out looking for him. And eventually they get to Agnes's house and they find Agnes is is holding Sparky wrapped up in a, a towel or a blanket. And, and Sparky has passed. Yeah. Sparky um, got into her azalea bushes and ate some leaves. Uh, as it turns out, I did look this up. Azalea bushes are toxic. I assumed... That's good to know since we have a dog, but we're also not really gardening people. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know what an azalea bush looks like, so I couldn't keep the dog away from one if I tried. In fairness, I mean, he just kind of lives in the house and then goes in the backyard. And I'm certain we don't have azalea bushes in the backyard, so. <laughs> yes. We, we, we barely have any living plants in the backyard. Um, but, uh, yeah, so unfortunately, you know, and of course, you know, the boys are just crushed. As yeah. one would expect. Even I was I was feeling it, you know, like, yeah, you know, you don't, you know, they just got the puppy. He's a cute little dog. And then, you know, something happens to it. Like, that, that hurts. Yeah. You know, unless you don't have a soul. And <laughs> then, I mean, you're terrible. I don't know. Um, You know, but the boys confront Wanda and basically say, you can bring him back. Yeah. And she's got to try and convince them that. That she can't, that she shouldn't. And and that death is something that you have to accept, which five seconds earlier she was just <laughs> confronting the sword uh, 
sword agents. Right. And I think this goes a lot into the you can't control children is that like if she were in control, they wouldn't have brought this up and then they wouldn't have called her on it. And it's creating an interesting situation specifically for Wanda in that she now has to deal with very directly her own actions and, and the reality of them. I think this is also appropriate for the time period that the show is now set in. You know, you go back to to the 50s and the 60s and and most of the 70s and the the sitcoms were mostly comedy and comedic situations whereas in in the 80s we start getting these family, you know, family comedies and family dramas or that have you know, the big life lesson at the end of the episode and, and things like that. I wouldn't even go that far because things like the Brady Bunch also did that. But yeah, but what I think this this is a prime example of bringing it all the way back around is on a very special episode. That phrase was used all the time and it typically meant a an episode where they were going to try and make a bigger societal point or a bigger life statement. You know, they were going to make have the kids deal with the death of a loved one or a pet. Yes. Right. I also have a theory that I'm going to save until we talk about the end of the episode. Okay. Um. So so then you know Vision Vision walks home. Do we want to talk about Vision Vision's day at work? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. So we, we touched on a, on a lot of what actually happens, with the exception of one really important moment, and that is you know as soon as they get their internet set up, they get an electronic mail. Vision reads it, and as he starts to read it. Everyone around him starts reading out loud. Even those who are not looking at a computer screen. In a very monotone voice. Very cultish. Yes. For Uh, the children. Yes, but for the children had a little bit more of a positive feel to it. Yes. This this was very, you know, programmed cultish. Um, Basically, it talks about the radiation levels and and the anomaly and uh is there a concern for the residents of westview and visions like like what the hell's going on so he kind of tries out his powers it's almost like his phasing powers on on a tv on the, on the, on computer. the computer monitor and doesn't really do anything and then he goes and he tries it on norm and suddenly norm's real personality comes out he is in a lot of pain he is terrified um he's exceptionally worried about his parents his, his father is ill he's trying to get a hold of his sister and i mean he just starts freaking out as would be expected but like obviously you know especially norm is a very upbeat character so you know that that this upbeat character suddenly goes into this near hysterical condition is very very disorienting to to vision and very very off-putting and after a few seconds of this vision actually kind of restores him yeah um so then later in the episode towards the end after vision has has carried out his duties of of burying sparky yes um he then brings up that he had a conversation with norm and straight up calls out wanda saying i talked to his suppressed personality without your without your observation and her response is to roll the credits (laughs) well at first her response is basically to to blow it off yeah no 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 and then vision basically demands you can't control me like you can them and yet she rolls the credits <laughs> and you think oh this is gonna end and it doesn't it doesn't oh it was so that they part can, was so great they continue to argue behind the credits as they're rolling which is yeah it was done fantastically i was the second time around i actually watched the credits to see if anything weird came up nothing yeah. that i noticed yeah i also looked and that would have been really cool but um i mean just the scene itself and then the credits end and that they still keep going um you know, and the two of them are fighting and eventually Vision gets so worked up, he actually levitates. Yeah. And then and gets into like a fighting stance. Yeah. I was thinking about that, though. Like, like y- you kind of have to only <laughs> only because like just levitating there, like you re- look really kind of like limp and stupid if you're just kind of <laughs> standing there, but in the air. Yeah. Like, because I was like, why are they both in that same stupid, like, flying fighting pose? And I was like, well, because you look even dumber if you're not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like, Vision is Vision is worked up and and starting to get into a into a fighting 
mentality. Wanda responds in kind. And then, I mean, Vision, that's when Vision brings up the fact that I don't remember anything before Westview. I don't know who I am. And this is terrifying me. What is going on? Yeah. And I mean, he clearly, he clearly like knows Wanda. He didn't have to get reacquainted with her. He knows his feelings for her. He he knew that in the first episode. Um, So he has like, he has a sense, he has a sense that there was a before. He just can't remember the details. Right. That yeah, and, and and he he thinks it is very obvious that Wanda is hiding something. Yeah. Um more than obviously what he's uncovered already. Um as the fight calms down and the two of them kind of go to the couch, um the doorbell rings. Actually, real quick before I before I hit this one cuz this is this is the big one. Um there was something in that Vision said in the kitchen. I'm trying to remember what it was now. Um that we we had touched on for a moment. Oh, uh it's the fact that that Basically, this has only been a couple of days because Wanda changes things every night and Vision is able to notice the changes. Apparently, to some to some degree, or he notices them. But maybe prior to now, you know, he if he has no concept of what was before, he doesn't know what normal is. I don't don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of weird. I think we'll figure out more of what's kind of going on there but yeah it's it was one of those that vision calls her out specifically you know he's like he's like i'm not doing this again you know we're gonna i'm not gonna just go watch tv go to bed and you're just gonna change everything overnight like you have before yeah and i kind of sense that and and i do think we're very soon going to find out uh why we've been going through the decades and whatnot but i kind of get the sense that maybe she is looking for the perfect world to live in and she's just going to try out each one to figure out which one is the perfect one um to kind of exist in or or something something goes wrong in one episode and she goes okay well let's let's try something new yeah i kind of suspect it's more along those lines of not so much intentionally looking for a perfect world but changing things enough that the change in and of itself is enough distraction that you don't notice the other problems yeah um so at any rate getting back to where we were the doorbell rings right they're sitting on the couch the doorbell rings wanda claims she didn't do it vision doesn't believe her right doorbell rings again she goes to answer it we have a very, it's a very dramatic reveal, right? Because door opens, you see Wanda's face, very surprised. Um, it cuts back to the real world where like they're watching the TV screen. It cuts back to the, cuts back again, zooms out. We see a character with mostly white hair and then the camera flips around and it is Pietro. But, <laughs> but it is not Pietro from uh, Age of Ultron. It is Pietro played by Evan Peters, who plays Pietro in the X-Men films uh, from Fox. So uh, starting Days of Future Past and Age of Apocalypse. Yes. Now, there have been a lot of rumors that that this was going to happen. Um, So this is not entirely unexpected on our part. Right. Um, I mean, I think my first statement was, well, welcome to the MCU. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So obviously this is now our our first connection between the MCU and the the Fox films. Um and it looks like this this is lending a lot of credence to the idea that this is going to bring mutants into into the Marvel universe. Um but it was also surprised and then and of course, you know, the characters outside in reality are are very surprised uh Darcy in particular that basically she said they recast Pietro or she recast Pietro. Again, putting everything in in the the sitcom uh, mentality yes now i have a theory of where he came from do you have any theories on this no okay so my theory is that the boys brought him in or created him or somehow the boys are responsible for his presence there because they had been asking her about um if she had a brother and she she mentioned that she did and that he was far away and so so the boys know that that they have an uncle um they don't know they don't know that he's dead she just says that he's far away and then when they are dealing with the death of sparky their instinct is to i don't know perform whatever magic or alter reality or whatever to age up and she stops them and i think instead of aging up or instead of 
she didn't bring the dog back to life. So they somehow, whether consciously or unconsciously, brought Pietro back. That's possible. And that is that what I do think lends a little bit of credence to that, that the boys are responsible for it is the idea or is the fact that Pietro, when he shows up, uses not exactly the same language, but very similar language to the way um, they describe Pietro earlier in the episode. Yeah. And it that would make sense as to why Pietro doesn't look the same. They don't know what he looks like. Right. And so they just created this this uncle character for themselves or, you know, whatever. I, I think going back to the kids, you can't control them. And then the only people who have uh, powers like she does are the twins. So she she did not create Pietro. She did not send him so now th- there are a couple of other possibilities mm-hmm. um one of them i think is agnes okay yep um the other one that the internet is kind of diving into is mefesto who is looks a lot like uh this kind of the stereotypical portrayals of the devil uh mefesto in particular has a connection with wanda and specifically wanda and and her and her children um that you know he he basically granted her the 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 ability the power to create these children um and then he's the one who made them disappear mm. um and i don't have all the details on that one um in part because mephes is a character that like bounces back and forth between like, all over the place in uh marvel comics and really has a lot of connections to a lot of different characters probably the the, the biggest one uh is um ghost rider He's actually basically the, the the devil that creates Ghost Rider. Um, but yeah, he he's not in any kind. He never he doesn't show up in a very any kind of consistent manner. Um, honestly, my favorite issue that that contains him is he goes on a date with Magma from uh, New Mutants, which <laughs> which is actually it's actually a very charming uh, issue where he tries to like go all crazy over the top, and they end up at like like a diner or something in the end, and actually have a decent night. That sounds like most m- most first dates. I feel like. You plan so hard and then, you know, everybody just enjoys being more relaxed and chill. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the internet is kind of, kind of leaning towards that. I don't, I don't know that I'm not going to say that that's an impossibility because I think we've, we've plumbed deeper depths, um, for things in the MCU, the collector, um, the, the grandmaster, you know, th- there's a lot of other characters in the, in the MCU that, uh, that are on a roughly equivalent scale of obscurity that we've made use of. So I'm not going to like completely poo poo it, but like, I don't know. I just, I feel like that's, that may be diving in a little bit too much. Um, and it, it kind of expanding it. I really think this is going to be a very, very still self-contained to Wanda, um, plot. Yeah. And, and I do think if it were, if it were Mephisto, I think they would have chosen a different actor other than Evan Peters. That's a very specific actor who has played that role before, but obviously in the Fox franchise. So I think that's that first connection, that first thread that they're trying to start to make. Um, I don't know if they're going to try and, you know, connect the snap, or the, the blip to, to everything, if they're going to try and use this as kind of the bridging point. Speaking of the blip, I had a, a question that you don't have the answer to, but I just want to pose. You don't know that. I'm pretty sure you don't. Um, maybe the internet does. Who knows? But so Monica, going back, there's a couple of things with Monica uh, to address. But um, she's getting like an MRI, I think, uh, when we first see her. Right. At the beginning and, of this episode, she's getting checked up on medical. Yeah. And so it comes back, the the MRI, the results are blank. And so the doctor says, okay, well, we're going to need to do another one and, and says the same things about her labs. They're going to need another blood draw. And so I was, and obviously something's up with that. Um, sure. But, it, but they just kind of, you know, pass it, like go ahead and push through and don't address that for the rest of the episode. But I'm wondering... Because she's the only one there that had been blipped. Everybody else, we're assuming, because she, they said that she was the first one to come back to work of the people who had been blipped. She was the first one to come back to work. And this is only a couple days after that. So presumably everybody else who was there had not been blipped. So is, are her results weird 
because she had been blipped or are they weird because she entered the hex? Um, now, I will say that, that you know, based on the timing, um, we're only we're, we're less than a month away from the when the blip happened. So I kind of suspect it's going to be something from from the hex only because it's one of those like, well, how would they have figured this out in a month? Like, you know, they don't have a whole lot of it's not like they're putting every person who, who blipped back th- back through an MRI. Right. So, I mean, that's just me, but. Right. Um, but because they haven't put everybody who was blipped through an MRI, they like if if the weird, weird results are from blipping. This is just fun that we just keep saying blip over and over again. <laughs> but blip, 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 blip. <laughs> um, but yeah, it may the medical community may not know if there are any effects that have happened because of the people who are blipped. Um, I, I have a feeling it's going to be because of the hex, because that's what this show is about. Um, the fact that Monica Rambo had been blipped was is kind of an afterthought. I mean, it, it has some significance, but... Um, Spe- speaking of, um, and I hope they dive into this more... That was going to be... I, I know what you're going to you know say, going. and that was going to be my next comment. <laughs> <laughs> um at one point, they're talking about Scarlet Witch's level of power, and that really she could have taken out Thanos on on her on her own on a one on one had uh, he not blitzed her. I can't remember exactly what he did in Endgame, but yeah. Um, but had that had that happened, um, but uh, they also mention uh, Captain Marvel, and you get just just a, a little bit of a reaction from from Maria Monica from Monica. Um, and that she she wants to not talk about this subject. Right. And I have theories on this, too. Yeah, I'm, I am excited to see. I feel like there's going to be a confrontation, like a, 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 a meeting there, a confrontation there. And I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. Um, I mean, it it's clear, you know, this this was one of her most favorite people in the whole world when she was a kid. And obviously something has happened between now and then. Well, she's been gone. Right. And I think my I think that she's either going to be mad at her for not being there when Thanos first arrived, because if she had been there, if she had known about Thanos, if she had been able to defeat him, then then Monica wouldn't have been blipped and she would have been able to say goodbye to her mother. Um, I, I feel like that's going to be her her hurt. Yeah, um, that I mean, that certainly seems very reasonable. Yeah. Um, another theory I had was that maybe you know, it's been three weeks and, you know, Captain Marvel hasn't come to see her yet or or something like that. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be she blames the blip on her absence. Um, that's my theory. We'll see. Yeah. Um, All right. So do you have anything else you want to talk about? Yes, I do. Thank goodness for my notes, because I would have forgotten to bring this up. The commercials. Ah, Yes. <laughs> So I think, you know, when they started out, it was like, okay, these are just like funny little things to put in there. I I kind of equate them to like in Spider-Man when, uh, when Peter is in phys ed and they're showing the videos that have Captain America in them and, you know, they're just funny little inside jokes for the audience, but if you took them out, they have no relevant relevance. Ugh. Words. They're hard. Um, but I am thinking that there may be more to them. Oh, I'm certain there's more. And I'm definitely right when I said they are very specific to Scarlet Witch. And and the trauma that like everything represents a trauma. There was Stark in the first one there was strucker there, there was, was hydra and now there's lagos right which is uh in uh civil war they're in lagos when she inadvertently blows up the building the other thing that is significant to the commercials is that they're the only other children that we've seen so far in the last two episodes the commercials have featured children and we've seen that now we can see that it's a multiracial family which was, you know, wouldn't have been all that common in in decades past and certainly wouldn't have been on TV in decades past. So I think that those people, and I could be wrong, it could be nothing, but I think that those people 
might, um, that family, they, they may just be, you know, that's the role that Wanda cast them in. But I think that is definitely a Westview family that is. I, I would agree. It's certainly, it's certainly people from Westview. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I'm like 50, 50 on whether, you know, yeah, yes, they're representing of past traumas for her, but if they're just like funny little things that they thought would be fun in the show or if there's significance to them. No, I definitely think there's going to be significance to them. I don't know what that significance is, but I definitely think it's going to be there. Yeah. And I also thought it was the fact that Lagos, it was um, a paper towel that absorbed everything. And that's what happened in Lagos is she couldn't keep everything contained. She couldn't keep the fireball or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, even the, uh, the tagline is, you know, for when you make a mess, you don't intend to. Yeah. <clears throat> I also keep meaning to, and I, I've gone back and listened to the, um, <sighs> the title sequence, the, the music, um, yeah, the, the theme song, the words that's... were kind of interesting to this one. Yes. They, they were on the last one too, but it's, you know, it's something that fits and I need, I need to look them up and delve a little deeper. It, it does fit, but at the same time, it also fits the idea that there's something else going on. Yes. Especially this one. I noticed, I actually did listen to the, pay, pay more attention to the words this time as well. I think I used the word phase at some point. It used a couple of words. Phase was one of them. Um, but yeah, it kind of, you know, it, it was kind of a, like, you know, we'll get through this together kind of, kind of yeah. ment- mentality, you know, that, you know, it, it's kind of us, it's kind of Wanda and Vision against the world kind of thing. Yeah. <sighs> what so. else, what else did you, anything else you want to add? No, I think that covers pretty much everything. I'm pretty sure our episode is going to be, episode of this podcast is going to be like twice as long as the actual episode. <laughs> you're getting close we'll, we'll see we're getting cl- oh I'll, I'll suppose it. we're getting close on the raw file once i once i do some edits to this we'll, we'll see but um yeah um i i mean it's a fantastic episode i i cannot wait for next week like this i'm i'm super excited for it um you know we, it's episode six and we'll have three more after that so like things are only going to get more insane yeah wanda is only going to get more insane yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I like this episode. The fact that they 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 split, you know, we bounce back and forth between the two worlds. Um, you know, I, I think that was a, a good a good decision. So I'm I'm glad to see that. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Next week, we are going to be going after episode six, six of nine. It means two thirds under our belt. It'll be exciting. Things are like we just said. Things are going to go nuts i I, guess I, th- I think we're on like two maybe a little less than two wheels going around this <laughs> but but we're we're doing that approaching a real sharp curve uh and i think i think this train is coming off the rails next week yeah all right hey all right good job guys uh, let's just not come in tomorrow let's just take a day you ever tried shawarma there's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here i don't know what it is but i want to try it